You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a very fun week, isn't it? Here on the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your next order. I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. And today, we are starting the ever-so-fun week that is the week of free agency. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how it's going to work this week, what dates and times to kind of look forward to, but it is also Monday. Don't you think I forgot? It's Mock Draft Monday, and we are going to do some interesting stuff with Mock Draft Monday. We're clearing the slate, so no more duplicate problems, at least for now. We're expanding to seven rounds, so going to be a nice hefty one to kind of tide you over while you wait for the free agency news to kick in. But there is some news first, so we're going to start with that. Uh, It's only reported right now, but it was reported by Jeremy Fowler at ESPN, and it, it seemed pretty official, so I think it's just, you know, we'll wait for it to become actually official, but the Vikings have redone Anthony Barr's contract, or at least as of this recording, they're close to finalizing that. You might know more details than I do, uh, you listener in the future listening to this. Uh, so, but here, here's the, the broad strokes. It's going to reduce his salary, makes $12.3 million in base salary this year, plus some signing bonus. It's about a $15 million cap hit. So that's going to go down, and I'm sure that makes you pretty happy, right? I, I think everybody agreed that he was pretty overpaid. Um, I, I was less, always less worried about that. I thought, you know, maybe 12-ish was appropriate, and he was a little over that, but, you know, not so much that I thought it was this crazy, egregious thing. But taking it down, great, right? And he's not getting cut. He's not getting traded, none of that. So you just get the same player, but for cheaper. That's awesome, right? We can all get behind that. Um, and I think Anthony Barr can get behind this, too, for reasons I will get into. But what's interesting is that this is now a one-year deal. So they they took two years off of the deal. And Anthony Barr will no longer be under contract in 2022 or 2023 like he was originally supposed to when he signed that deal in uh, right before the 2019 season. Now, the actual specifics and how much money that gives, I do not have those details yet as of this recording, so we'll circle back to it later. Um, but in general and in principle, we can still kind of uh, talk about what, what that means, right? Because there's a lot of really interesting stuff to unpack here. Obviously, the Vikings value Anthony Barr very highly, and if you don't agree with that, that's fine. I would encourage you to listen to some of the shows that I have done talking about it, see if I can't change your mind. But if still no, like that's okay. But know that the Vikings disagree with you, that they really, really think Anthony Barr is an important piece of the defense, kind of a linchpin, and that a lot of things are designed around him and they don't want to have to change all that. So they're going to, you know, kind of bend over backwards to keep Anthony Barr in the building. So this is an interesting move because that kind of goes against that tide. You know, the, the Vikings were willing to really up their offer a lot back in 2019 when Anthony Barr was in New Jersey, shaking hands with the Jets and and basically at the altar with them, and then the Vikings up their offer. So they've been very desperate to keep Anthony Barr. But coming off of a torn peck, you know, come in, play your year out, make sure you're healthy again. It's not unlike the the Daniil Hunter situation. And then I guess next offseason, we'll have to assess, right? There's a non-zero chance that they bring him in for another contract after next season. They work something out. They pay him, you know, what he wants to be paid. Um, or he hits the market, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I can say that it is most likely that he wouldn't 
net the Vikings a compensatory pick because he signed a deal that was supposed to go through 2023 and he's not going to finish that deal. Um, you know, unless he signs a new contract with the Vikings, he's not going to finish that deal. And that means you don't count as a compensatory free agent. The Vikings said the same thing happened with Everson Griffin uh, last offseason. You don't get a compensatory pick if you shorten the contract, then cut it. That's not like a loophole that that you can get around uh, the, the comp formula that way. So no compensatory picks or anything like that to be aware of. It's just do you or do you not want to keep Anthony Barr and what price and, you know, kind of those are the questions. But from Anthony Barr's perspective, I think Anthony Barr is being really, really smart right now because for players, you don't really, I don't know if you want to be a free agent this year. Um, and that's why I don't think Riley Reef was that smart. I think he could have maybe afforded to wait a year and just played out that deal. Because um, I think this this offensive line free agent market, unless Riley Reef is one of the top, top, top guys, and maybe he thinks he is. Um, and who knows? Maybe I could be proven wrong. He could be, he could be proven right. But otherwise, it's you're going to get like the middle free agent class is going to get completely wiped out. Um, and I, I think that might be the same thing on defense for, for Anthony Barr. And next year, if all of this kind of whisper and rumble is true about the salary cap exploding with the new TV deal and having, you know, the, the COVID-19 revenue hit kind of in the past and, you know, that speed bumps out. And at the same time, you're getting this other big influx of cash and the salary cap goes up a lot. Well, then everybody's going to want to be a free agent. And there have been some reports of players and agents being like, yeah, we only want to deal with one year deals. We do not want to sign a five year contract in this particular cap environment. We want a one year deal. We want to hit the market again next year and leverage that against the teams because that can maximize money. And so I, it sounds to me, and this is me just reading the tea leaves, right? This is not a rumor or a report or anything, but just seeing this action and seeing Anthony Barr agree to this after, you know, he approached the Vikings and told them, if we take Doogie's word for it, Darren Wilson at KSTP, which I do, um, after he approached the Vikings and said, you know, no, I'm anti-restructure, I don't want to do that, and then agreeing to a restructure here, it has to advantage him in some way. He has to kind of be of the thought that this is a good thing for him, and he's not just being nice to be, you know, go be cheaper and help the Vikings win, right? Because he already said he wasn't going to do that. So if he does hit the market next year, not only can he take advantage of what seems like it's going to be kind of a player's market in 2022, but he will also maybe go get paid like a defensive end. And ultimately, that is what he wanted. That's what he wanted from the Jets. The Jets were going to move him to defensive end two years ago. And then, you know, and then it got emotional, right? And he said, I didn't want to leave Minnesota and I get sick to my stomach and, you know, that whole thing. You're all familiar with that. Um, but from just a, a football perspective, he wants to play defensive end. It's a more lucrative position. He probably thinks he's better at it. He wants to, you know, rush the passer more and stuff. Um, and, and the Vikings kind of insist on using him in this blitzing role and this, you know, kind of sim pressures and all that. And personally, I think that's a better role for him. When you see him as a hand in the dirt pass rusher, he's like undersized and he gets stonewalled by everyone's guard. So I don't think him at edge rusher would be a successful experiment, but him as a player, he probably thinks a little higher of himself than that. And I think that there are probably teams in the NFL, the Jets were willing to kind of agree with him on that. I'm sure there are other teams in the NFL that are willing to agree with him on that. So he can go get paid at a more lucrative position and also in a more lucrative cap environment. Hitting the market next year for Anthony Barr is probably really smart, even if it means he has to take a pay cut in the short term. He can, you know, give up a little money this year to go make way more money next year. I think this is going to work out for Anthony Barr in the long term, whether or not it's with the Vikings. So we'll we'll have to see what happens and we'll have to kind of circle back to this, you know, this time next year when it's a big decision that the Vikings are going to have to make. But for now, you get the same player and all the things that that player, you know, you're not getting 80% of the player just because you're paying 80% of a salary, right? So you're getting the same player, but for a cheaper price, and that's going to uh, open up a whole bunch of cap space. So here's how this is going to work. And then we're going to go to Mock Draft Monday. So here's how this is going to work. Uh, on Monday, 
at, I think, three o'clock central, tampering begins. Tampering is just a negotiation window. Nobody can put pen to paper, but everybody can shake hands and agree on amounts and all that stuff. And you're going to see at, at three o'clock a few contracts uh, apparate mysteriously quickly, because let's be honest, they've all been already negotiating. So that's going to be how this works. First 48 hours are all uh, t- tampering, quote unquote, so they can't actually put pen to paper. And you can still have Anthony Barr like situations where somebody kind of changes their mind at the last minute. Um, but by and large, you can say, you know, ah, Baltimore signing this free agent for this much money, blah, blah, blah. Um, so free agency unofficially starts at three o'clock today, Monday. So hopefully this podcast can tie you over in the meantime. Um, and then on Wednesday, the actual league year turns over. So all the contracts officially expire. You can officially uh, sign your new contracts. Everything, you know, the social medias can start posting about it and all that stuff. And then it all gets official and you're just in earnest in free agency. And then on Friday on the 19th, uh, a whole bunch of guarantees will vest for the Vikings. A big Kirk Cousins one vests. Um, I think maybe some of Anthony Barr's vests, but I think part of reworking the contract was getting rid of that. Um, I think some for Daniel Hunter vests. So those uh, that's salary that becomes guaranteed. And we'll talk about that uh, on, on Friday. So for now, we're going to switch gears to Mock Draft Monday. If anything broke overnight after I recorded this, uh, you know, we'll deal with it tomorrow and we'll deal with any news that comes up tomorrow. And we'll just take this day by day for now. Uh, but now I'm going to head on into Mock Draft Monday. I do hope that you all in the in, elsewhere in sports, I hope you all enjoyed Selection Sunday. I'm a big fan of the March Madness brackets and all that stuff. I fill one out every year. I always do terrible. But if you want to uh, make a wager or to bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get all of your bets in college basketball is all over but you can bet on baseball hockey uh you know the wolves uh, vikings futures whatever you want even awards you know the oscars are coming up uh reality tv all with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered so you can head to the website you can use your phone betonline.ag you can sign up for free and if you enter promo code locked on you get a 50 percent welcome bonus so that means for every hundred dollars in your first deposit the very first deposit every hundred dollars you put in you get a 50 extra on top of it credit that you can play with as well. So make sure you do not forget that promo code. That's where the real the real winnings are at, if you will, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. At the Locked On Podcast Network, we are throwing a bracket challenge. If you want to uh, fill out a bracket, you can compete a bit against me and all of the other uh, Locked On Podcast hosts and everybody else listening that goes and signs up. We're having a whole big thing. So uh, the link for that is in the show notes. If you want to go join, I'll probably tweet it out every once in a while too. Uh, Go join. Fill out your bracket. You probably do better than me. I suck at this stuff. Uh, But what I hope I don't suck at are mock drafts. So let's get into mock draft Monday. So if you are unaware, here's how this is working. We are clearing the slate. So if you've, if you've been listening to the last few months of the show on Mondays, we did a mock draft, but I always did. You know, I can't take somebody I've taken in a previous one. I'm clearing the slate. Everyone's back on and I can take them all again if I want to. Um, and I'm also expanding this to seven rounds. So all 12 picks the Vikings have, uh, we are going to go through it. So the first one was a pretty open board. I, I actually really like the way that this fell. Um, I might have Parsons was there. We've taken him in a past one. JC Horn was there. I like him. Christian Farmer was there. I'm not doing trades yet. Uh, maybe I'll start trades next next week or maybe the week after. I haven't decided yet. Christian Derisaw was on the board, although the offensive line wasn't particularly deep. Uh, Sewell and Slater and Cosme were all off of the board. So I decided I'm going to go with one of my favorites. Uh, 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 one of my favorite targets for the first round is Quiddy Pay. Um, Quiddy Pay is, I think, uh, very, you know, he's kind of a puppy. He's very young and he's uh, very raw, but 
but he's just brimming with talent, and he I think he can win enough with that athleticism to justify giving him the reps for him to learn more than his athleticism, and I think that's a key tipping point. You know, if you have raw, but you can't play that guy, and therefore they can only learn in practice, and, you know, there's kind of a limit to, to how good that, um, that, that, like, training can be, I guess, in proactive positions like defensive line, I think it helps to just get out there. And if you can get out there and not be a burden while you're learning, I think that is kind of the key to, you know, then eventually they learn new pass rush moves and they develop and Andre Patterson is famous for this and all that. So I think it can work out in Minnesota uniquely better than in other places, um, especially because, you know, if, if Stephen Weatherly beats him out or whatever, I don't know what's going to happen with Afadio Denebo with the tender. You probably do as you're listening to this. So, you know, whatever ha- is happening in that group is happening. But I think Pay would be a really good addition to it. And I, I think they definitely need an edge rusher. Um, I, we've had a couple questions about edge rusher as a, as a, a need. And I think it's not only do they, I mean, they need a starter, right? Odenabo and Weatherly are not starters. Them competing does not create a starter. Um, and I think they need a starter. I think pay could be a starter. Even if he isn't one week one, I think he could be a starter by the end of the year. And I think he can justify a lot of reps in between. Um, and I also think, you know, next year it could be a need. We don't know what's going to happen with the Neil Hunter, if he's going to get a new contract, if he's going to get, you know, traded or anything like that. And so without him, you know, without knowing that he's going to be in the building for the next three years, I think edge is absolutely a need. And it's, it's more of a future need than it is a now need, but future needs are just as valid when it comes to the NFL draft, less so in free agency. So I went with Pay in the first round, um, nothing in the second round though. I would like to try to, you know, trade down and do stuff in a future mock. We're not doing that yet today. Um, the next, guy that I took is a Diami Brown, the wide receiver out of North Carolina. And I think for me, a downfield element is really important most of the time when I'm talking about wide receivers, even though Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen already have that and provide that. I think a third one also providing it is easier to use than just someone with a horizontal element. Although in past mock drafts, I've kind of taken that um, just to interestingly think about what that offense would look like but a guy like diami brown he's vertical he's a good athlete he's he's a big like explosive player um he's competitive and and i think he gives quite a bit to a wide zone kind of bootleg you know deep overs long developing routes and stuff and i think he gives a, a really good element to that dynamic and i would love to see him in purple the next one is somebody that i have not really thought about I haven't thought about the linebacker position at all in these, but now with the Anthony Barr news, the linebacker is going to be a next year need. And the third round, I think, is a great time to think about next year needs. Um, so I went with Pete Werner, linebacker out of Ohio State. He's played the strong side Sam linebacker in Ohio State. Um, and I think he's he hasn't been Anthony Barr. He is not a one-to-one Anthony Barr replacement. He plays the role a lot more traditionally, and you'd have to find other places to kind of screw up protections and, uh, you know, range, find rangy coverage, you know, guys that can get out to the flat and, you know, keep up with guys like Alvin Kamara, kind of counter those sorts of swing pass type things. You're going to have to find that production in different places. But I think Pete Werner can can turn, he can be a, a third linebacker in the short term. And right now you don't have that, especially if you don't bring Eric Wilson back, which I don't think they're going to. And so he can be kind of a two down linebacker for, for the meantime and kind of play that, you know, one gap responsibility thumper type role. And that's a really easy thing to hide if you're in your base package, um, you know, just give him one gap and build everything else around it. And then in the future, if you do lose Anthony Barr, he will be able to, he can cover reasonably well. He, he can get into to his run fits, he'll, you know, once he's developed and kind of transitioned to the NFL, I think you can totally ask him to two gap. I think you'd only ever have to ask him to one gap just because he's like a rookie, right? Um, and I, I think then you can give him a bigger role and he can kind of be an every down linebacker and a good, you know, 
uh, player in the game, even if he doesn't like go full on superstar. But I think he could, you know, at, at his best, he could do what Eric Kendricks does for you next to Eric Kendricks. And kind of be that guy that, you know, if you have a Shamar Stefan holding guards back and, you know, taking on double teams and freeing up the linebacker behind him, I think he can he can pay that off for you better than somebody like Eric Wilson could. So before I go through the rest of this mock draft, there's other bracket stuff happening at Locked On. So if you uh, are out of the loop in the Locked On NFL group chat, we have been arguing relentlessly about what is the best Built Bar flavor, and now they have a bracket for it. So at uh, BuiltBar.com or Bar underscore Built on Twitter, you can go find it, you can go vote. Um, they are putting all of the flavors next to each other and pitting them against each other in a bracket to find out which is the best flavor. So today's is toffee almond versus mint brownie. I'm not the biggest mint chocolate guy. Uh, don't tell Ross, my, my co-host on Locked On NFL, but I'm not a huge uh, mint chocolate guy. It's okay, but it's not my favorite. Um, so I guess I would go with toffee almond. It's not That one's not my favorite either. So I'm a little ambivalent to this particular matchup. But if you have an opinion, go to BuiltBar.com and vote. And you can enter promo code LOCKEDON15 locked on one five the number and you can get 15 percent off of your next order at builtbar.com get a box for yourself you can try all of these so all we're going to talk about on this show this week is viking stuff right if something huge happens in the nfc north and it affects the vikings or whatever maybe we'll get into it but mostly you know we're going to be focusing on our boys in purple but if you want to get a uh, a grasp on everything else going on in the NFL, and especially on Tuesday, you can still find me talking about it. Uh, head on over to Locked On NFL Podcast. On Monday, Bo Brock is going to break down all the big stuff that happened over the league, Drew Brees retiring, the big Aaron Jones contract, all that stuff. You can find all of that over at Locked On NFL. So now it's time for the day three picks of this. There are a crap load of them, right? There's nine day three picks right now the Vikings have. So I'm going to whip through them pretty quickly, but know that right now I'm, I'm going to try to, you know, apply different philosophies for these and try to be consistent within those drafts. So for this one, my philosophy is kind of trying to find guys that are really good at something. Even if they're only good at that one thing, at least finding guys that are really good at something. I tried to stick to that the best I could. Not all these picks are going to uh, stick to that perfectly, but I, you know, I tried. So the first one is Andre Sisco, who in that he's a safety out of Syracuse. Um, I, I didn't mention my bad. I didn't mention the, the schools and stuff from the other ones. Quiddy Pay, edge edge of Michigan, uh, Diami Brown, wide receiver out of North Carolina, Pete Wormer, linebacker, Ohio State, and now Andre Sisco, safety out of Syracuse. So they need some safeties, right? And I'm also, by the way, uh, this draft didn't take any guards, so I'm hoping that this is a situation where guard got addressed in free agency. Obviously, if they don't, we would be a lot more dire about the guard position. Um, but if they got it in free agency and you have, you know, free agent, free agent, plus uh, O'Neal, Cleveland and Bradbury, then we're not going to do that in the draft quite yet if it doesn't come to us. So uh, I went with a safety, which if you're doing that, you're probably not getting a safety. Andre Sisco is not as versatile as Mike Zimmer wants his safeties to be. And that might be a non-starter, but uh, he is he's a good center fielder type. He can be rangy. He can play single high, which will let Harrison Smith roam around the formation, which is you know always what you want. He can be, you know, kind of in a split zone look, but he can't man cover. He's uh, oh so-so in the run. And there's a lot of stuff he doesn't do. But if he can do that high safety center field ball hawking type job very well um, and generate turnovers, then, you know, you can work with that. So he at least does that. Well, and I think in the in uh, the fourth round, you know, this is pick 119 in the fourth round. I think you'll take that. The next one comes at pick uh, 125. This is all the fourth rounders we're in now, and that's Darius Stills. 
Um, and he also does one thing very well, and that's penetrate. And that's an element the Vikings are missing quite a bit. They've got a lot of guys that can hold spots, right? Especially if they keep Shamar Stefan. Um, they, they've got a lot of guys that can anchor, you know, Mike, Michael Pierce and, and hold their, their spot. But they don't have a lot of guys getting into the backfield and messing stuff up. And right now, that was kind of a problem with their run defense, even when it was relatively healthy. Um, the pro- A huge problem with their run defense in like the Dallas game, Tennessee kind of took advantage of this, is they could set up whatever they wanted to set up in the backfield because he didn't exactly have anybody that could get in there. And Darius Stills can do that. Now, he, you know, he's got a lot of motor and all that stuff. He doesn't hold his spot as well. But you have so many guys that can do that, that if you are in a goal line situation or something, you won't have to rely on him to do what he's not good at. So I think it could work out. And in the fourth round, again, you'll take that. Uh, the next guy I'm taking is Robert Hainsley. Uh, he, or Hainsey, he's an offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. By the way, uh, Darius Stills, West Virginia defensive tackle. Uh, sorry for forgetting this school. Um, so Robert Hainsey is, he, he doesn't have, uh, great athleticism, uh, athleticism. He can get into the, the second level and he can, you know, play the wide zone thing. That's fine. Um, but he doesn't have excellent push. Um, and, and, you know, in a wide zone, that doesn't matter as much in a, a gap or a power scheme. That would be a problem in wide zone. He's not going to be asked to push that much, um, and he'll be asked to, you know, use that that lateral mobility more. Again, as a fourth round pick, we're going to take this, and also he has good pass sets, and that's important, right? He's not just a weak guy that's going to get like bowled over all the time. He does have pretty good pass sets and good length, um, really good length actually. I think the Vikings might actually be legit interested in this guy. This isn't just a me pick. Um, offensive tackle out of Notre Dame, and you know, Notre Dame offensive lineman gotta love those, right? Um, so I went back to the safety well in the next one. So this is a fourth round with two safeties in it. Um, and I, I, listen, that's a little bit, you know, redundant and inefficient and stuff. Sure. But I'm going to go there. Also, I, I took uh, Richard LeCount, the safety out of Georgia, um, I, going by Dre Harris at the Draft Network, who says that he's like really, really good in special teams as well. And that's part of this. Um, you know, he can be in all four phases of special teams, but he can also be a rotational safety um, and he's a lot more versatile. So if it bothers you a lot that Andre Cisco can't be versatile, Richard LeCount can kind of be that jack of all trades, maybe master of none. But that versatility, I think, um, it helps kind of shore that up. And then you're, you know, you're just hedging a bet, right? If one of these guys works out, you've got a safety. If you need to miss on both of them to not still have a safety. And for two fourth round picks, I like the odds that that gets you. The next guy is a really interesting one. Uh, edge rusher out of Penn State, Shaka Tony. And he is, I guess you'd call him kind of wide nine only. Uh, this is what Kyle Krabs at the Draft Network said. Um, kind of only a wide nine guy. So he's a little bit too small. He's very lengthy and he's very quick and he's got a lot of get off and stuff. So he can line up really wide, get around the corner and, get, and you know, get pressure that way. And, and he's really good at that specific thing. And you can use that specific thing and, you know, have other players along the defensive line, um, you know, perform other roles in the pass rush. But if you tried to move him inside or even line him up further inside and make him use power, he'll totally get smoked. And we're in the fifth round at this point. Uh, this is pick 157. So, you know, guys are going to have their blemishes at this point, right? Um, but with Shaka Tony, I, I think... You can use what he does very well, and hopefully in a rotational role, you can avoid putting him on the field at times where he does not, ha- where he has to do something he doesn't do well. Um, and, you know, hopefully you can give him better pass rush moves and better technique and stuff. Um, and, and he kind of is at his best when he's the the Robin to somebody else's Batman. So he's not going to be the main guy. And you're not going to expect that from a fifth rounder. But if you can get if you can get him some snaps and line him up out wide and get him to rush the passer as in, you know, third down situations, you're going to get some production out of him for a fifth rounder. You can deal with that. 
Um, I'm finally taking a corner here. I haven't ta- I've taken two safeties, no corners here. Um, and I'm taking a cornerback out of Michigan State, Shakur Brown. He is, I think, versatile enough, and he's very, I guess, he's, he's a good man corner, and he's very otherwise unspectacular. Um, and I'll take unspectacular, but he can cover. It, it kind of reminds me of Harrison Hand, honestly, where he can play uh, outside or inside, and that's good, and he's good in sticky man coverage, but you know some of the more sophisticated zone coverage things he'll encounter in the pros, he'll probably take some time to uh, adjust to those. He's also six foot 180, so he's kind of skinny, so he might get kind of bullied around, um, and, and I think it's a Vikings-y pick, and I think as a depth corner, I, I'll take that, you know, as somebody, if, if he can develop into a good backup corner and can back up outside and inside, it really will help the depth, because then, you know, he can fill in for the next uh, cornerback, he can fill in for a starting cornerback, no matter who that starting quarterback is. And you you can, uh, you know, kind of mold other depth places around that. So as a second team corner, Shakur Brown in the fifth round will take that. Next up is uh, Cornell Powell. He's getting taken at, uh, at, at 198. He's wide receiver out of Clemson. He's a really fascinating case because he didn't play a lot. He was stuck behind other more, you know, T. Higgins and some other more interesting Clemson wide receivers throughout his whole career. He played there five years and he never really got on the field. And that's a huge concern. But when he did, he kind of blew up like recently when he did get on the field because of scarcity. So... It's really interesting. You'll probably have to teach him a lot because he's just, you know, doesn't have a lot of game experience because he was always on the bench. So you have to probably teach him a lot. But it, it, it appears that there's something explosive there. Um, and again, at pick 198, I'm, I'm taking a flyer. This is totally a flyer on a guy that might not even be rosterable. Um, but if he works out, it could be way, way, way better than pick 198 usually gets you. Um, and so then we are, I think we're in the seventh round, we're at pick 221, and I'm going quarterback, I'm taking a flyer on a quarterback in Felipe Franks out of Arkansas, and he's a relatively unspectacular passer, this isn't a Nate Stanley thing where you're buying just this little, totally huge arm, um, but he's six foot six, and he's got some runaround, and you know, if he can go win that backup job, one thing I want in a backup quarterback is, is for him to give you a dimension to your offense that your starter doesn't have, and the read option thing, like, you know, Kirk's not a read option quarterback, but if you ended up in a situation where oh my goodness everyone's hurt we have to start Felipe Franks at least you're getting you're you're gonna do something that nobody has tape on and I think that can be really helpful with a backup quarterback um again you know he's gonna be long-term practice squad guy this is a Nate Stanley thing where we have no expectations and we don't even maybe think he's gonna work out but because quarterback is such a valuable position on the off chance that we're wrong like that chance has enough value to justify a seventh round pick and the last one is an offensive tackle out of Old Miss. It's Royce Newman, who uh, is basically multi-positional backup type guy that, you know, he he played tackle, probably could be a guard. Maybe he's better, you know, kind of learning a lot of positions and trying to be kind of solid there. Um, he's got a lot of movement. He kind of fits the scheme and he fits the versatility. Think of him as, you know, you want him to be Jeremiah Searles, where he can hit all the different positions and hopefully make the team just based on versatility and, uh, you know, back up a lot of positions at once. So that's the mock draft. I think positionally, I don't know if I was particularly efficient in addressing exact needs. Obviously, no guards in this one. Um, but I'm also kind of saying, well, you know, if this is a draft with no guards, then this is a draft in a universe where guard got solved in free agency. Obviously, if you miss out on free agent guards with all that money they've made with Barr and Reef and Rudolph, then you probably have used that money on something else. And, you know, maybe you got a big edge rusher and in the first round, you don't want to pick Quiddy Pay or you got a big wide receiver. And in the third round, you're going for a, somebody like Jackson Carmen instead of Diami Brown. Uh, Jackson Carmen, it, it all depends on free agency a lot. So this will get a lot more informed with the future uh, weeks of this. But that's the first one.
So now all the players I just mentioned are off limits for the rest of the offseason, for the rest of the, all the way up until draft. I won't be able to pick them, so you'll be hearing about different players every time. And tomorrow we'll talk about whatever horrors the Vikings foist upon us. <laughs> we'll see what what kind of weird stuff we have to talk about tomorrow. In the meantime, you can always find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL. Show's on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. Still doing a mailbag, so uh, hit me with your questions on Twitter or at the links you can see in the uh, in the show notes. Get in on our bracket challenge and all that. I'll see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.